All right, all right. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nick Johansson, as always, and let's talk about some wrestling because we had a WrestleMania 33 predictions video. Uh, I did that, and I put it up, I think, uh, it came up Sunday morning, it went live, and uh, yeah, it is Wednesday as we speak, it's Wednesday night, so this possibly will go up Thursday, uh, this is audio only, so I'm sorry in advance, but I wanted to start putting uh, podcasts in general on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on iTunes, um, I'm going to try to kind of expand upon what we've built on YouTube, and kind of just do podcasts only on those um, and we are also going to have podcasts that go up on YouTube as this will, as you'll see. Uh, some will have video, some won't have video. It's just it's decided, you know, I'm still tinkering with video stuff. So I'm not going to have video this time, but I may next time. So just stick around and see what happens with that. But hey, don't forget to like, share, subscribe this video. As we talk about WrestleMania 33, we talk about the events that happen afterwards at the SmackDown and Raw after WrestleMania, which by and far weren't terrible. And that's a great thing. Normally they're... They're hit or miss. Uh, these, I feel like... Well, let's just talk about WrestleMania first. Um, okay, so WrestleMania, in a nutshell, was probably one of the best in the past 10 years, I dare say. And that's going back to 23, so you would have to think, yeah. I'd say going back to 21 is probably the best in my eyes since 21. But 21 holds a special place in my heart because that's the first real WrestleMania that I got to witness. I got to see uh, for the first time on pay-per-view. I, I witnessed that WrestleMania and, and a changing of the guard, if you will, as Batista beat Triple H and John Cena beat JBL. Uh, I really love the Shawn Michaels-Kurt Angle match. Randy Orton-Undertaker was a really good match on that card. I, that, that's just a card that sticks out to me with the first Money in the Bank as well because I, I feel like that just set the bar for what I could expect going forward. And I feel like, uh, you know, this WrestleMania had a bunch of hit or misses in it. One, and that's basically what it's going to be, is just hit or miss. It's not going to be me. You know, I'll dissect some things, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go all out on it. So let's just start off with a miss. And one of the biggest things that I didn't like about this WrestleMania is the length. And look, I get that you have a lot you've got to pack in, but that was... When I'm looking at my invisible watch on my wrist in a room full of people and I'm like god we still have five more matches it's like it's disappointing and disheartening because you've had this thrill ride already I, I, dare, I dare use what they have given me to say you have this thrill ride but at the same time you're hindered by it because there's so much of of a thrill to it uh, you start off I mean let's just run down the card real quick I mean you had you know, you had Neville Austin Aries, which was a good match. It, it wasn't anything spectacular. Certainly, I feel like we're going to see a better of these two going forward. Uh, you had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which, I mean, say what you will, it was a pop for ratings to just get people to watch the product, and it was a pop to get on SportsCenter and use ESPN as a vehicle to drive the marketing machine, which I'm fine with that as long as it's on the pre-show. I'm glad it wasn't on the main card and it took away from some of the other superstars. Um, or some bigger name superstars. I, I think that that was okay. Um, you had Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin put on a really crap match. I, I didn't. I felt feel like they could have done so much more. I and I feel like Baron Corbin uh, didn't get what he deserved. Now, of course, he won the championship. On, no, he didn't win the champ. He should have won the championship on SmackDown. I was confused as to why they didn't have him on the line. Um, but 
he got one back on Ambrose, which we'll get to later. Um, you know, you had those three matches on the pre-show, and then you start off the main card with AJ uh, McMahon, AJ and Shane going at each other. Really good match, and I dare say the best on the card. I had more fun in this match, and this is me being a huge AJ Styles mark, and I'm a huge fan of AJ and what he can do in the ring. And this showed that you, you take the comparison of Undertaker Shane from last year, and you look at AJ Shane from this year, and you can tell like, okay, it yes, Shane did a lot of great things, but with anybody else in that ring, I don't think he could have done any of those things and made it look that damn good. So I think. AJ Styles was a perfect opponent. You know, it was a perfect storm, and I feel like it was a great way to start off WrestleMania and start off really hot. You know, and after this, you have Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, which I felt was kind of lackluster. It kind of missed something. There wasn't a lot of intensity to the match that I felt like it had. Uh, but needless to say, I, I feel like we're going to get. Um, I, f- I feel like it's just the start and just the beginning of a of an ember and a fire that's going to start blazing soon. And I hope that happens the next pay per view, which they're going to fight the next pay-per-view so it should happen there um next uh, we had a divas or not divas alva the whole total divas promo is kind of throwing me off now because i'm like they're divas but now they're women uh you had the women's match and i'm gonna go out out of order now because i can't remember anything after the the uh owens jericho match um basically up until you got to trying to think of a good I think the Rollins-Triple H match sucked the life out of the crowd. And I say that in a a good way and a bad way. And I know you're like, well, how do you say that in a good way? Okay. It was the it was the match that needed to happen. It, it was. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. It, it was the match that needed the story to be told that was told. It was him picking at the knee it was triple h trying to find the opportunity to put down seth rollins and seth rollins is never giving up he's trying to overcome um it's just this this wasn't the venue for that type of match if if you get what i'm saying you know at a hell in a cell at at a at a uh at a backlash at at something else this match the proverbial you know i'm gonna take 25 minutes and really work your knee that's the type of match that that kind of deserves WrestleMania is becoming more of a spot fest, and you saw that during the uh, the ladder match with uh, the Hardys coming back. You saw that, and when you know whether they're broken or whether they're not, that's beyond the point. Uh, they they got the pop, and you saw that that it's about the moment. It's encapsulating the moment of excitement going forward, and that's what happened in that match. That's what happened in the Goldberg Lesnar match. That's not what happened in the Bray Orton match, and that's definitely what happened in the Taker Reigns match. Um, and we'll get to all those later on too. So basically what I'm getting at is, by the time Seth Rollins' Triple H is over, and you've had that huge build-up to a crescendo of a match, and you have Stephanie go through the table, and you have Triple H turn around and eat a pedigree, his own finisher, one, two, three, and that's the end. That That is the proverbial end to the storyline that's been built up for months now. And you're exhausted, and you still have matches left to go, and then you follow that up with Bray Orton. Well, I don't care. And look, you know, I, and I'm not saying that the Triple H Seth Rollins match was bad. I think by the time you got to it, everybody's exhausted, and you can kind of just tell. People have been there all day. People have been watching wrestling all weekend. 
you've either been talking about it or thinking about it at home all damn day too and all weekend and you've built it up in your mind this far and you're tired and I was tired I was tired I didn't even do anything I was eating pizza and I was tired and it, it just there's an overload of it and that's the main problem I have with the show is that it, there was too much there's too much to to devour from my taste now you know a lot of people out there are like oh my god I love the length and I love how wrestling is life and all this stuff and that's fine that's great uh, good for you you know I'm, I'm glad you love the product but as someone who you know I used to watch the product every single night you have NXT TakeOver, which multiple hours on Saturday night. You have WrestleMania coverage that is literally all day Sunday plus the event. You have Monday Night Raw, which is three hours long. You have SmackDown, which is two hours long. Not only that, but you have Raw Talk afterwards, which is another hour. You have Talking Smack. You have 205 Live, which is another two hours tacked onto the two hours already. Then you have NXT. Then you have just... just you just want to pull your brain out. There is a lot of wrestling to endure in the closing moments of WrestleMania week. And it's hard, I think, for a general fan to kind of thrust themselves into that. And, you know, I don't consider myself like a like a hard mark or anything. that Like, I'm not going to go and start yelling F you Reigns during a Raw promo. But, I'm, hey, good for you guys. I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, we'll get to that, too. Just... I don't know, there's just so much wrestling, it's just, it's just, when is, when is too much enough, you know, like, when do you call it and say, like, okay, that, that's as much as we can do, I, I, I don't, when does it start to hurt, you know, because you're going to start to see the, the, the TV ratings drop, you're gonna, and, and you know there are people that just watch WrestleMania just just for WrestleMania, and they they don't know who's who, and they they you know they know John Cena, they know Triple H, they know all the old guys, Undertaker, and they come back and they see you know Taker's retirement, they see all this stuff, and and they they just come back for those moments and the WrestleMania moments. But you have the people that watch weekly, and it's like, ugh, oh, we gotta judge through some more shit, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I digress. Um, that's just one con that I had of WrestleMania, and I know it took me about 10 minutes to get there. But just trying to prove the point that I had that it was so much in such a very short amount of time. Um, another thing I didn't like was the WWE Championship match. Um, this match, I felt, had the most potential out of any other match to succeed. And I feel like somebody took the rug... It was like a magic... It was a failed magic trick. Somebody was trying to take the tablecloth with all the expensive jewelry on the table, and they yanked it. And what happened? What happened? Well, all the table... Everything on the table is on the ground. It's on the ground because it sucked. It was a terrible match. It was a ter... The build-up... Say which one about the build-up. I still felt like there was potential. I felt... And I still feel like there's potential. I just feel like this doesn't justify what we went through like the end of the story or the end of the segment of the story or the end of the chapter of the story doesn't justify the the process of which we got here it doesn't make any sense the story that was being told in the ring didn't match the story that we had been told for the past number of months weeks whatever it it didn't make any lick of sense to i don't think anyone and you can tell the crowd was ultimately bored but not only that 
it was your standard Randy Orton match. And yeah, you know, it's cool that you had the maggots, it's cool you had the roaches, you had the insects for Bray Wyatt every time he did his little backwards, upside down thing. But at what point do you come off as like, you know, they're trying something new, but at the same time it's cheesy and it's not really working. And maybe at a different venue it would, but at this one, you would think they would have held their guns a little closer to the hip and been like, you know, we got something planned. It, it was surprising we didn't see Eric Rowan. It was surprising we didn't see Luke Harper. And for a story that was centralized around a family aspect, not seeing those two really hurt, in my at least in my eyes, and I'm sure in a bunch of other people's it didn't, but in my eyes it really hurt the end product of what we got. And I, I don't know where we go from here. It looks like we're going to get Randy Orton with some type of powers. Maybe, he, and you know, he said he's a real you know, Wyatt family leader and whatever, whether he was joking or just making a statement. Um, it looks like we're certainly going down that path, but I would have loved for some seeds to have happened. Like as Randy goes down and gets ready for his RKO, you know, we see a flash of a, of a snake or something in, in the ring. And that signifies something that's going to happen in the future and that the story's not done. What we got was an RKO out of nowhere. It's your standard, a really pre-show match and that's what it was it had a gimmick and it, and it failed and, and, and it showed that it failed because of the live reaction of the reaction of people at home with the reaction of people on social media um, I, I hated it I absolutely hated it and you know I'm, Randy Orton's a 13 time champ yes his name is Randy Borton for what he does most of the time but I will give him leeway because the Smackdown writers do seem like they have something planned something in store and I'm excited to see what that is because if anybody can write a story and can write something out of nothing it can make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit it is a Smackdown writers or at least it seems that way and they have window dressed it to look that way uh, for the foreseeable future so I, I give my hats off to them and I think you know we have to kind of give it away a little bit and be like alright take us to the promised land because you've taken us this far um, because SmackDown does some great things, and I, I'm excited. I'm as much as I loathe it, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. Because you can't just trot Orton out as the same old, same old babyface. You know, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm gonna hit you with RKO. You can't do that anymore. Um, the crowds want complexity in their story, and they want complexity in their character, and this is how you do that. Um, something I love though was the Brock uh, Goldberg match. Um, we could talk about the Brock Goldberg match for. Uh, four minutes <laughs> that's how long it lasted I uh I enjoyed the match and it, and it got me to thinking you know Brock's a UFC guy and I'm sure um Goldberg is uh, has followed the product of WWE and UFC and you know his time in WCW and all that um it got me to thinking, you know, the, the, it, it, really big fight feel, and I, I enjoyed the atmosphere and the it complete 180 from the previous match of boring to a raucous crowd that was taking the roof off the place for Brock Lesnar. Um, it, it's interesting to think about the prospect of having four to five minute matches when you have UFC who legitimately does that, and they are well-told bouts and there are stories told within those bouts at work and it's going to be interesting to see with Lesnar being champion if they go that 
route and if maybe that this was a way to get there of having you know an MMA type length match and then having that continue on with Brock because maybe they've seen that you know longer matches don't really work so maybe if we put them out here for these burst of matches if you take if look I'll, I'll say this John Cena is better off off of TV because you miss him and then he comes back and he's the biggest thing ever with that being said you take the length of the match away from Brock Lesnar and it makes people want more you take something that people cherish away you make them work for it you make them want more of it because you're not giving it to them enough and they clamor for it and that's I feel like that's what happened here is you know we expected the one minute 27 second match we expected well 126 whatever it was we we expected a a a very fast paced match that wouldn't last long and, and it worked it really worked so it makes me wonder if they're in the future gonna look at this and you know see that you know we got a great pop Maybe we can use this in the future in storytelling. Maybe this is how Brock can be booked from now on. Maybe this is, if we bring Goldberg back, maybe this is how we do Goldberg. Um, but maybe we have another up-and-comer that kind of takes it away from him. Maybe a Samoa Joe or somebody like that who can come in and kind of lay lay some pounding down and just walk out in three minutes or less and be legitimate and not be you know an ultimate uber squash match to where both guys look bad, but to where... You know, they're legitimate fighters, and that, that's how it looks. And I feel like a guy like Joe, a guy like Nakamura, uh, could really accentuate that and really make it look good. Uh, but that's something I love. I love the Universal Championship match. I, f- I felt like that was a great a great service to the fans, and I, I felt like it went over very well. And, you know, hats off to, to Brock for the uh, that leap that he did. That was awe-inspiring. It was great. I enjoyed that. Uh, something else I love, the Undertaker-Roman Reigns match, and I'm going to get a lot of crap for this. Man, I uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really did. And, you know, say what you want about Roman Reigns turning heel. He's a heel. He is the biggest He's the biggest heel in the company, and if, if Monday didn't show that, I don't know what does. And if Monday didn't show that he's not going to SmackDown, I don't know what does either. He's not set up for a feud. Um, I feel like him and AJ are going to switch brands. Um, kind of like a little swerve because it kind of built up the whole Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar thing but I feel like that that could be uh, you can insert A, B, C, D here and, instead of Reigns at this point um, as we saw with Strowman coming out and kind of laying claim to it um, I feel like that's a good possibility I feel like a possibility of having Brock AJ next is is really a good idea um, I feel like they could go down that road, route which I wouldn't Love, absolutely love. Talk about making a guy look like a million dollars. AJ Styles, who can do that. Anyway, um, yeah, I like the Reigns Taker match. I love the send off. It was the right call. It, it's the right call. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Say what you want about Reigns being pushed down our throat. Say what you want about um, he's being he's probably the worst of the three out of the Shield. It's true. It's a true statement. You know, Dean Ambrose has more complexity. Seth Rollins is a more overall entertaining character. Roman Reigns is just bland. And he, he's proven he's just 
he's just Roman Reigns. Um, but this match is um, a testament to both guys. Um, you had a very face Undertaker playing a very face old man bastard Logan-esque. I'm going to take you to the limit. You're going to take me to the limit. And we're going to see which whose yard this is. Batter, battle of the uh, property. What was it? There was one that I saw that was really good. What was proper takers property? It was something. It was something off of HGTV that I saw that was manipulated to be Undertaker. And then Roman Reigns comes and picks up the uh, the thing and now it says sold on it or something. It, it was it was funny at the time. Of course, it's not now because I'm saying this. But um, back to the match. The uh just replaying in my head as I'm thinking about it right now and I, I like the heel reigns aspect of it but I like that he was able to switch it off at the right time when the when the match was over and he and he looked like he didn't want to do it you know and that's the thing that if there was anything that gave me hope for not only Roman Reigns but just the WWE creative team the the minds behind the characters it's that we did see complexity in Roman Reigns for the first time in a very long time, and and that gives me hope going forward because that that, that makes that makes me think that you know they know what they're doing and in subtle ways they're saying okay we have this and of course Monday was just was just raucous it was ridiculous um, but yeah I, I loved WrestleMania 33's ending it was a very fitting end to a very fitting career. Um, I teared up. I know a bunch of people teared up, and I, I was shaken by what I had witnessed. Um, grown man tears, man. There's there's another way to describe it because uh, Taker is one in a million, and it's it's a testament to the man behind the character and the character itself that uh, he sustained a career this long, and that he has been such a pulverizing figure. So. As a young fan who did not get to see all of Taker's matches, but appreciates the hell out of everything that he's done to pave the way for everyone since himself. Thank you, Taker. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Raw. And, you know, I'm, if I'm going to give WrestleMania a grade of A, B, C, or D, or E, or F, I guess if you're going that low, um, I would have to go with a B minus. You know, the, the high spots are, you know, you had the Hardys return. You had them win the belts, which is great. I, I feel like that's a great a great thing going forward. Um, a lot of questions there with the whole gimmick. Uh, are they going to be broken? Are they going to be just just the Hardy boys from the early 2000s? Who's to say, really, I guess, at this point? I guess they're the only ones that know. Um, you had AJ Shane put on a hell of a match. I, I felt like that was good. Um, the women's match... I. Even though it kind of lacked a shock moment, because um, I feel like this would have been a great way for Bailey to win, even though she had already won, um, it kind of cements her status a little bit as a top tier uh, woman in the company. So, you know, I, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Naomi winning. That was a good moment. It was a feel good moment. Um, Goldberg Lesnar was great. I, Undertaker Reigns, say what you will, but it was a good match. Um, for, for what they had to work with, it was a good match. Um, 
and overall it was, it was it was it was a solid show and you know the neck the positives outweigh the negatives in my eyes and you know the negative is you know bright orton uh the length of the show and i, I would i would even go as far to say as maybe the memorial battle royal but at the same time you know you can't you can't blame them for trying to market the product um so yeah let's move on to monday night raw uh monday night raw we where even begin? It, it was a crazy, crazy fifteen minutes. Um, Roman Reigns is the most over person in the company, and it is no small feat. Um, and I'm sure Vince McMahon is just grinding his teeth together in happiness because he, he is getting what he wants. Um, and, and Roman even basically says it when he's out there. He says, "I got, I got them in the palm of my hands." I, I, he can do what he wants, and he and he can, and that's the the thing is that the the fans have gotten to the point, especially around WrestleMania season, and you can't fault them for this. Is that they want to be vocal, they buy their tickets, they go to the show, they want to uh, they they want to show their appreciation for who they like, a Cesaro, a Sheamus, which we saw, which was great. Uh, you have the Finn Balor, which is great. Finn Balor is a great character, and we saw them appreciate him. You have the AJ character, which people appreciate. Then you also have the ones that they despise, like the John Cena. You have you have uh, Goldberg. You have Dean Ambrose to an extent now, and um, ultimately you have Roman Reigns. Um, they're going to displease who they who they don't like. But the I, I feel like there's such a there's such a huge gap between what fans don't like and what is actually being presented in front of them, and that is. Yeah, people don't like Roman Reigns, but it's not Roman Reigns the person. It's Roman Reigns the character. You people got to remember, you know, this isn't this isn't a guy who's backstage booking himself to be in the main event of WrestleMania. This is a guy backstage that's saying, "Okay, I'll do that." Yes, okay, I'll wherever you want me to be. He's taking orders from a guy that got cheered in Vince McMahon. So I, I find it really, and you know, I know Vincent Mann deserves all the praise in the world for what he's accomplished. Yes, yes, he does. At the same time, he's had a lot of duds, and Roman Reigns is one of those. And it's just, it sucks that there was such a huge backlash for Roman Reigns at the beginning of the show, and then Vince McMahon comes out, and he's untouchable. It's just Roman sucks, and that's it. And then Vince McMahon has you in the palm of his hand. It's I don't think that they that the fans necessarily know who to really cheer and boo. Because if you really wanted to make a difference, you wouldn't do anything when Roman Reigns came out. That's ultimately what it is. You can voice your displeasure, but it only it only opens the earlobes that much more, and it gives credence to what they want backstage, which is a reaction. Uh, no reaction is a bad reaction. Any reaction is a good reaction. It's like the whole publicity thing. Any publicity is good publicity, even if it's bad. So I think fans need to understand that going forward and that if you really want to make a difference, booing reigns to the point of where you're having to stop the show doesn't do that. Not not to this point. It may, it may turn them heel. We may get there. Who knows? If if they truly listen to the fans, but if if everything that the fans think is true is true, and 
if Vince McMahon just is out of touch, then, I mean, you're just barking up the wrong tree for no reason, you know? It's like you should, when No Chance in Hell starts playing, you shouldn't start singing that. You should start booing and, and walking out of the building because you're displeased with the man who's making the decisions, but instead you're you're empowering him. I I hope that makes sense to whoever's listening because I, I don't want to come off as being like, well, the fans suck, blah, 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 because that's not true. No, you pay your ticket. You pay your hard-earned money. I know when I go to a show, I want to I scream, clap, and cheer for whoever I want to do. I'm not going to listen to some bullshit podcaster on YouTube who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you, you, you do have to think of those things because there is that other side of the sword, and, and, and it, it's hurting it's hurting the it's hurting the fandom of people, and it's it 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 sucks. It sucks because we're going to be stuck with Roman Reigns because of the reaction that he got Monday. But well, let's leave that be and move on. Um, we had a couple of uh of a returns. We had Emma Emma signing. She was uh, in a tag match, which was good. It was fun. Um, I'm glad to see her back. Uh, mean Emma is good. Emma mean Emma is good for business. I, good. I'm glad we saw partial of Sasha kind of getting an attitude, which is okay, I guess, if they want to do a very slow burn. I guess that's how you do it. We saw uh, we saw the Revival debut and beat uh, New Day, which is good. Um, anybody who can automatically take the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history to the limit and actually beat them one, two, three square in the ring and then kind of put a pounding on them afterwards and flex their muscles a bit. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a very big. I don't. I don't feel like the announcers got to play it up as a big deal enough, but that was a very big deal. And going forward, I hope they they harken back to that moment and say, you know, this is a spot where they they chose their spot wisely and they debuted and and, and they really left a mark like Kevin Owens done with John Cena because that's basically what it felt like to me is it should have been a moment that was like that, but tag team form. Uh, we had Finn Balor return. Finn Balor return after Chris Jericho got injured. Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe attacked. Still don't know if they have an alliance or not. Still don't know if there's a faction or not. I fully intended Finn Balor to uh, turn heel and join because of the uh, facial expressions he was given. Um, but he teamed up with Seth Rollins in the main event. Huge pop. Biggest pop of probably his career. And it was great. It was great to see Finn back. Uh, looks like he's 100%. It was great to see him um, pick up the victory. And yeah, it looks like we're going to have... Well, the superstar shakeup. That's what's going to happen next. So we don't know where anybody's going to go. It's a who's who and of uh, talent that's going to move. And you know, Vince McMahon, that's what he said when he came out. So we're going to have a superstar shakeup where people are going to be uh, traded and drafted from back and forth to Raw to SmackDown. I don't think NXT. Uh, I guess we'll get some more clarification on that coming up soon. Uh, but it was really interesting that we had all these NXT debuts. I don't feel like they're done. Um, but... It's interesting to think about what could happen over the next week, especially when it happens Monday night. Um, one thing to think about that I started to think about in correlation to the realignment coming up, I guess. I'm going to call it a realignment because that's basically what it is. It's, it's realigning of superstars. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a tag division on SmackDown that's non-existent at this point. If you watched SmackDown this week, you saw that there was no room for a tag division. But there's room for women. So, I propose this. What if next week we see uh, single divisions be taken over by a brand? Uh, There's been rumors of Sasha and Charlotte going over to SmackDown. 
I'm sure there's rumors of tag teams going over to Raw. What if you just had tag teams on Raw, women on SmackDown? Or, I mean, even the women division is so deep that you can have it both on Raw and SmackDown. What if you just had the tag division on SmackDown? Maybe bring the cruiserweights over. I mean, the tag division on Raw, bring the cruiserweights over to SmackDown or something along those lines to kind of to kind of fill the three-hour gap because it's not going to be like it was this week. But I feel like SmackDown, as, as long as you keep on bringing more and more talent in of the Nakamura, of the Ty Dillinger, um, you're going to kind of get hard pressed for breathing room for tag team talent, which weren't even shown at WrestleMania. Um, then your big tag match was your only tag match. And that was it. The other guys were in the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal. And it was lackluster performances. Um, I just feel like they would be more beneficial for them, storyline-wise, to be moved over to Raw and have a division traded for them to SmackDown. But hey, that's just me. What do you think about that below? Let me know. Um, But yeah, SmackDown. Let's talk about SmackDown a little bit. Um, SmackDown also, like I said, we had debuts of Nakamura. Uh, we had debut of Ty Dillinger. Um, I'm trying to think of if we had anybody else. I don't feel like we did. I might be wrong. Um, it was a solid show, man. I mean, we got AJ Styles coming out to shake uh, Shane McMahon's hand and basically turning kind of a baby face, kind of a tweener. It looks like he's going to be in between. Uh, they probably don't know what to do with him yet because they probably don't know what the superstar shakeup is. Um, reports are that AJ needs to go to Raw per Vince McMahon, but is he going to be a face? Is he going to be a heel? Who's to say really except for him? So I'm sure they don't know what the hell to do with him, so they might as well just keep him neutral on SmackDown, see what happens in the coming weeks or the coming days, um, and what plays out from there. Um, we have Baron Corbin beat Dean Ambrose in a street fight, which I felt like should have been for the IC title. Sucks it wasn't. But, hey, it's a good showing for Baron. It makes him look really good. And then we had Miz and Maurice uh, come out as John Cena and Nikki Bella, which totally fooled me. I enjoyed the hell out of the segment. I felt like um, I could watch them all day long, and then Nakamura comes out. Greatest entrance of all time. Takes your breath away, uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Uh, And I love Nakamura. I love Shinsuke. He can't get enough of him. But after that, the show was good um, you had Bray uh, returning Eric Rowan in a sheep gas mask which is really cool I hope they start selling those uh, with Orton and Luke Harper and it's interesting because you get to see uh, you get to see Orton maybe have powers and then they just kind of don't allude to it and that's it they don't they don't give any more clarification beyond that uh, maybe he has powers, maybe not. Lights flicker back on. You get a super kick from Luke Harper, which is, I think is the most beautiful super kick. I, look, Luke Harper needs to be world champion one day. I, I think he is destined and primed to be a world champion. I think they're, I think they're on the cusp of having a groundswell of support like Daniel Bryan for Luke Harper. If this guy starts talking, you have money. This guy is nothing but money. He has it written all over his face. He has the face, the distinguishing attributes that someone needs to be put in the position of Daniel Bryan like he was before WrestleMania 30. And I feel like if you use this as a year-long culmination building up to that WrestleMania 34, I feel like Luke Harper can main event that. 
He is so damn good in the ring and so underutilized. And I think that putting him in the main event like this is just planting a seed for the future for him to become the next big thing because they desperately need it. They desperately need some kind of something coming out of this Orton-Wyatt feud. They need something, and I think Luke Harper becoming a megastar is that something. And They're right on the cusp of it, and you can tell. You can wholeheartedly tell. So I mush on. Keep on with that because it's working. Um, but yeah, the match ends with a beautiful super kick from Harper. I know super kick got me going. Uh, super kick party. But we had a super kick turn into an RKO, which was great. A great transition. Uh, great. I absolutely love that. Uh, one, two, three, and Orton picks up the victory. It was, you know, it was a lackluster ending to SmackDown because a lot of people didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but n- n- needless to say, um, if I had to rank, you know, or if I had to grade Raw and SmackDown, I would say that um, Raw, you know, more because of the pop and the the sheer um, thrill factor that it had, because this is the most anticipated Raw of the year. I, I would say, you know, Raw was probably a B plus, B plus, solid A minus. If I had to go with SmackDown, I would say you probably look at a B plus, you know, solid B plus. Uh, it, it they were both good shows. I don't feel like one beat the other. I feel like they're both on even par. I feel like if SmackDown had three hours, they would have pulled out the same uh, type of things that Raw did. Because um, there's just so much story to tell after such a big event like that. So I feel like that's where they would have went with it. I feel like they're on the same playing field right now. Uh, the Superstar shakeup really is an anomaly. Nobody really knows what it is. Like I said, I don't think they even know. So going forward, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, really, who do they pull and where do they put them? I, I think Roman, in exchange for AJ, is almost a certainty at this point. Um, I, th- I think you need to freshen up the main event scenes in both places. I think Roman is a pulverizing figure on SmackDown that you can really jump off a ledge with and see if he can stick with ratings. Because SmackDown is the place where, when John Cena's gone, where The Miz is going to thrive as a heel where you're going to have Randy Orton, but, you know, maybe his feud with Bray continues. Um, you send Roman Reigns over there, and you have him feud with, you know, some of those guys, and you have Shinsuke. You can really kind of tell, you know, the guy's markability and his marketing power after doing so. You move AJ to Raw, and you kind of reinvigorate that uh, main event scene. You can have, you know, AJ versus Sammy, AJ versus Kevin, AJ versus a litany of people, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Kevin Owens. You, you can have so many dream match scenarios that we never thought we would get, and, and that's what I want to see going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think AJ for Roman is automatically going to be one of those things. I would not be surprised if they traded divisions at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if the tag division from SmackDown, all the tag teams, because you can, you can cut some tag teams and you can kind of send them to NXT without making a big deal about it. Um, but some of those tag teams you can send to Raw kind of reinvigorate that division and in place of that you could send the Cruiserweights to SmackDown and have them, you know, it only makes sense for them to be right before 205 Live so why not do that, make it a little easier on everybody um, I, I could totally see that happen and I would love to see that happen. I would love to see uh, Charlotte go into SmackDown and return um, Raw getting like a Mickey James or or even a Naomi uh, I think that would be a good story to tell because I think as good as a champion as Naomi is, I think she would be a better chaser of the title. So it would be cool to see them have her relinquish the championship a week after winning it again 
only to have her go to Raw and try to climb her way back up. I think that's a good story to tell going forward. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, let me know who you think should be traded. Should Mojo Raleigh go to Raw and just wreak havoc? What about Baron Corbin? Uh, do you think that Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn are going to end up on SmackDown? Let me know below. Let me know. But that's all I got really for WrestleMania week and the ensuing uh, two shows that happened, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, just giving you some thoughts and some my point of view on it. And It was a very long week, and I'm sure it was much longer for people that were there. Uh, but yeah, let me know below what you thought about WrestleMania 33, SmackDown, and Raw uh, right after. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe as always. But my name's Nick, and this has been our first podcast in a while. So hope you enjoyed. And uh, yeah, definitely look for us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I'm sure we're going to be on a lot more going forward. So I can't wait to see you all there, and I will see you all in the next video. Thanks. Bye.